I want you to hit me as hard as you can. This Scream Queen won our hearts by beating up vampires and screaming at slashers. In the late 90s, if there was something that was kinda scary and kinda sexy, Sarah Michelle Gellar would have something to do with it. Gellar slayed both the television and film industry with blockbusting hits. She was everywhere. Whether it be next to Scooby-Doo at the theaters, or next to her Scooby-Doo co-star at the Wedding Chapel. She was America's sweetheart, who helped reimagine what it means to be an action hero. But did this talented actress have just a few too many box office bombs in her filmography? Were the real-life bloodsuckers of Hollywood too much for Sarah? Or did she just find a real-life happily ever after with a real-life prince? Okay, gang, let's solve the mystery of what the f happened to Sarah Michelle Geller. It's my goal to entertain the world through artistic expression. Through art, I shall serve my country. Before we begin, I just want to say thanks for watching. Pretty, pretty, please like, share, and subscribe. And click that bell to get those notifications if you're into this kind of YouTube video content. Now it's time to get back to the show. But to truly understand what the f*** happened to Sarah Michelle Gellar, we must begin at the beginning, and the beginning began when she was born on her birthday, Long Island, New York, 1977. At just four years old, Gellar got banned from McDonald's after appearing in a Burger King commercial where she says she only eats the King. McDonald's would sue Burger King and name the four-year-old Geller in the lawsuit. In 2004, Sarah Michelle Geller actually spoke about this legal fiasco. She said that the banning was actually difficult because a lot of her friends at that age would have birthday parties at McDonald's, and she could not attend them. Do you think they really would have called security if a little Sarah Michelle Geller walked in? I don't know. Then she would get a chance to audition for the TV movie Invasion of Privacy in 1983, where she impressed everyone by not just knowing her lines, but the lines of her co-stars. I picture her as that little girl from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know? As well as small roles in the films Over the Brooklyn Bridge in 1984 and High Stakes in 1989. In that year, 1989, Geller would co-host the very short-lived teen girl talk show called Girl Talk. Sarah! <laughs> oh, hi. Welcome to Girl Talk's TV debut. I was hoping Sarah. I just did all that. Sarah would follow that up by appearing in the miniseries A Woman Named Jackie in 1991, which would go on to win an Emmy for Outstanding Limited Series. Geller would then be nominated for two Young Artist Awards for appearing in the short-lived teen serial Swan's Crossing in 1992. Her performance there allowed her to be cast in 1993 on the soap opera All My Children. And after two years of soap opering, she would win a Daytime Emmy Award for her performance, and decided to call it quits while she was on top, leaving the world of the soap opera behind to pursue other acting opportunities, with less soap and less opera. You saw what Eric and her students did to me in there? My grandmother just died and Eric won't let me grieve for her. It's not fair, she has no right, she has no right at all! 
After appearing in the Disney TV film Beverly Hills Family Robinson, she would land an audition for a new TV series called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Premiering in March 1997, the show immediately struck a chord with audiences and critics alike, with Entertainment Weekly naming Buffy as one of the 100 greatest female characters in the history of television. The show would run for a total of 144 episodes over seven seasons, with Geller winning five Teen Choice Awards and a Golden Globe nomination for Best Actress. Buffy the Vampire Slayer was groundbreaking fun, thought-provoking, and original, perfectly mixing genres that also featured some amazing fight choreography. And, you know, it was just fun. TV shows used to be fun. This wild and ridiculous premise just, it just struck a chord in our pop culture and made us all forget about the movie that it was based on. And of course, the skills of Sarah were a major reason why this show was so massively successful. <laughs> In recent years, the cast members of the show have made allegations of abuse against show creator Josh Whedon. In response to these abuse allegations, Geller expressed support for her co-stars and said although she is proud to have her name associated with the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, she does not wish to have her name forever associated with Joss. What's that do? That year, 1997, would also see Geller appear in two genre-defying slasher films, Scream 2 and I Know What You Did Last Summer, where she would meet her future husband, Freddie Prinze Jr. Geller was the last of the main cast to be hired. The filmmakers said that they liked that Geller had warmth to her, but could also still come across as being a stone-cold biatch. Opening on October 17, 1997, I Know What You Did Last Summer would take first place for three weeks in a row, ultimately finishing out its run with $126 million worldwide off of just a $17 million budget. However, critics called it a by-the-numbers slasher and unfairly compared it to the much better Scream. But just because Scream is better doesn't mean that I Know What You Did Last Summer is bad. Speaking of Scream, Geller would also appear in the 1997 sequel, Scream 2, the second Scream, playing a sorority girl. Geller agreed to star in the film without even reading the script, because she was a big fan of the first Scream, Scream 1. This turned out to be an excellent decision because this slasher sequel would earn an impressive $172.4 million off a $24 million budget. However, Sarah Michelle Gellar's character would not survive to appear in the other sequels. Around this time, Gellar would make her first appearance on Saturday Night Live as the host. I think she's in the Five Timers Club, is she? And she would lend her vocal talents to The Simpsons, King of the Hill, and Small Soldiers, alongside Christina Ricci as those killer Barbies. In the final year of the millennium, 1999, Geller would team up with Reese Witherspoon, Ryan Felipe, and Selma Blair in the adaptation of Les Lions de Jérôme. I mean, Cruel Intentions. Critics gave this one mixed reviews, calling it exploitative. 
but it would go on to nab over $76 million, as well as be nominated for several awards including Geller winning Best Female Performance and Best Kiss at the MTV Movie Awards. Oh my gosh, she's kissing a g-g-g-girl! Showing that love knows no bounds, Geller would have a cameo in her future husband's movie She's All That, and she would finish out 1999 by starring in Simply Irresistible. However, audiences did in fact find it resistible, simply, as this film only managed $4.4 million off a $6 million budget. They thought that Sarah Michelle Geller and The Supernatural were just a surefire hit, but no, not every time. You gotta work for it. This was followed by another box office bomb, Harvard Man, which didn't even make enough money to afford a semester at Harvard. Sarah Michelle Gellar would bounce back big time with the biggest box office hit of her career in the big screen adaptation of Scooby Dooby Doo in 2002. Geller noted that when she originally signed on, the James Gunn written screenplay had more adult humor, including a body swap scene between Daphne and Velma that involved the actresses kissing a g-g-g-g-girl. However, because I, I don't know money, the decision was made after everyone signed on to the film to make it more family friendly. Even going as far to use CGI in post-production to remove the cleavage from female characters. <laughs> Critics, however, were not kind to this pooch, calling it a tired live-action update and filled with lame jokes. I hate it when jokes are lame, especially when they're mine. But of course, none of that mattered because the film would go on to win Choice Movie Actress for Geller at the Teen Choice Awards and, more importantly, Favorite Fart in a Movie at the Kids' Choice Awards. Oh, and it would also make $275.7 million worldwide and spawn a sequel, 2004's Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, that would garner a less impressive $181.2 million at the box office and would win Worst Remake or Sequel at the Razzie Awards. But who cares, everyone knows that the Scooby-Doo movies, you know, they're, they're fun, they are what they are, and the cast is absolutely perfect. Every single one of them, especially Sarah Michelle. I mean, I can't imagine anyone else bringing these cartoons to life. Geller would score another monster hit, returning to the horror genre, with the American-language remake, The Grudge. This horror remake would earn a massive $187.2 million off a minuscule $10 million budget. But those pesky critics, they weren't too impressed, saying that the film lacked any logic and didn't really have any truly scary scenes. I don't know, I remember it being kind of scary. I think there were like some jump scares! I, 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 something like that. Of course, those horrid reviews don't matter, because all that money at the box office would pave the way for The Grudge 2, the second of The Grudges, and that would hit theaters two years later. But Geller would have a smaller role in the sequel, which is apparently even worse than The Grudge 1, the first of all of The Grudges. Geller would return to the horror genre with the not very impressive film The Return. 
She would finish up the year 2006 by appearing in Richard Kelly's highly anticipated epic follow-up to Donnie Darko, Southland Tales. Showing off her range as an adult film star, she says that when she met with director Richard Kelly prior to filming, she was very intrigued by the original ideas of the script. Of course, this film, Southland Tales, has gone on to be a cautionary tale for filmmakers who hit it big and then go off the rails with their follow-up films. Crime suddenly skyrockets for no apparent reason. The world is coming to an end. But yeah, I've said this before, Southland Tales should have been a masterpiece, but it was just too big for... for... cinema itself. And what's even worse, Southland Tales is probably the last really big major motion picture to feature Sarah Michelle Gellar. The rest of the stuff she does from now on is voice work, TV, and some video on demand stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Some of it's good, let's talk about it. Issues like abortion, terrorism, crime, poverty, social reform, quantum teleportation, teen horniness, and war. Geller would appear in four films in the year 2007, The Air I Breathe, Happily Never After, Suburban Girl, and TMNT, which is the only one of the bunch to actually make a profit at the box office, with $95.6 million. In this animated TMNT film, she would voice April O'Neil. And yeah, TMNT is an acronym for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, in case you, you didn't know. And TMNT is actually way better than it needs to be. Oh, Sarah is a great April O'Neil. Thank you. In 2009, we would see Geller's career finally hit that video-on-demand route, with the film Possession and Veronica Decides to Die. Since 2009, Geller has mainly focused on voice acting gigs, including some work on American Dad, Season 7, Episode 5, voicing Phyllis, Season 8, Episode 6, voicing Ginny. Also, she plays the seventh sister in Star Wars Rebels in six episodes, Season 2, Episodes 5, 10, 11, 18, 21, and 22. And, of course, we cannot forget those various roles on 13 episodes of Robot Chicken. And most recently providing her voice to that Kevin Smith-created Masters of the Universe Revelation show, playing one of the lead characters, Tila, as well as returning to her roots on the small screen with the short-lived series Ringer, I think she plays twins, this was in 2011, on the CW, along with appearing opposite the late great legendary Robin Williams in his final television role on the show The Crazy Ones in 2014, while also taking time to have hilarious cameos in the true TV show Those Who Can't, episode 4, as well as playing herself in the series finale of The Big Bang Theory, which yeah, this celebrity cameo, it's truly perfect because SMG is a legend in the eyes of nerds all around the universe. Is that Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <laughs> But yeah, you know what? I think Sarah Michelle Gellar's biggest success is the one she shares with her husband, Freddie Prinze Jr. And that is having a private life that has stayed relatively private. 
and a marriage that has stood the test of time, lasting 20 years and still going strong, according to Instagram. But yeah, a 20 year marriage in Hollywood, that's like equal to uh, eternity. Their marriage is a true rarity in Tinseltown. And I gotta be honest, when I first heard about those two doing the Scooby Dooby Doo, I first thought, well, that's never gonna last. This is probably a fake relationship organized by the studios in order to promote movies and stuff and sell magazines. But no, actually, this was true love. It's real, y'all. But yeah, I totally thought that they wouldn't last. And yeah, I was so wrong. And that's like the first time ever. This real-life story is kind of more romantic than most rom-coms and soap operas and even teen slashers. She says he's her first love. He calls her my girl. Ah, young love. Sarah Michelle Geller rose to fame as an ass-kicking vampire slayer and has continued working ever since. You may not always see her, but you've heard her. Plus, her priorities have changed after having children. And actually, recently her kids did a binge watch of Buffy the Vampire Slayer during the government-enforced lockdown. And apparently, her kids absolutely loved the show and know and understand the Buffy mythos better than Sarah does. She says she's officially cool in the eyes of her children. Wow. Sarah Michelle Gellar has actually used her fame for good. She does a lot of work with a lot of charities. And she even released a cookbook in 2017, Stirring Up Fun With Food, but yeah, that seems to be her new passion, baking healthy stuff. She's now a happy, healthy food entrepreneur. At first, she saved us all from vampires, and now she's saving us all from salt and sugar. You know, the stuff that makes things taste good. It's unbelievable. But yeah, if you think about it, it's actually kind of perfect. Full circle in a sort of way. She started her career promoting unhealthy food, and now she's promoting healthy food, atoning for her greasy fast food sins. Sarah seems to have done what few in Hollywood can, establish a great work-home-life balance, and remains one of the most beautiful and talented actresses out there. So nobody should give a fuck about what the fuck happened to Sarah Michelle Gellar, because she's doing just fine, happily ever after. And all this despite being banned from McDonald's.